Now Pastor Rick will bring us his next message in the LifeHap series. That's, that's exciting to me. We've got 14 people that are going to be on the missions field this week from Church 2911. That's exciting to me. And Please be in prayer for them. And I hope you can go next time. I actually had somebody talk to me last night that was kind of trying, kind of wishing, hoping that maybe they could go to South Dakota. Probably a little late last night, but uh, for on a couple of days earlier, we might could have worked something out. I hope you get to go uh, on a next trip, and you need that kind of a, an experience. I want to get to, the, get to this message this morning, and, and we've been in the Life App series. I'm really excited about I'm excited about this week because I know some of you have great needs in your life, and, 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 and you've got needs in your life that, that go, beyond, uh, go beyond little, just the little touches that, you know, we, I, you know, sometimes you're just at a place where you just say, you know, so I, if I could just feel God touch me a little bit, I could get through this day. But I know a lot of you are beyond that. You, you've got to have something really powerful happen in your life. And I, so I'm excited about this sermon, mainly because of this. Because of the things I'm hearing some of you talk about, what you're letting God begin doing in your life. Some of you are talking about how you're hearing God really for the first time in your life. You're really hearing God and speaking to you and, and uh, sharing with you and guiding you and directing you. And so now let's take this a step further today and let God begin doing some things. And not just doing some things in your life, but doing some things through your life. You know, I just got a praise report from Robin. You need, some of you, if you need to be encouraged, you need to catch Robin when she comes up. She was in early service, so she could, she's teaching in the second service downstairs with kids. Catch Robin. If you need an encouraging word, ask her to tell you the story of the young man that God let her lead to the Lord over the, not, not yesterday, not this past week, over the past several months that God let her, let her lead this young man. Awesome things like that that are happening. And you know, the, the thing that's changed is not God. And the atmosphere hasn't changed. And his plan, his dream hasn't changed. The thing that's changing is the, is the attitude that we have toward what God wants to do in our lives. And so open up your, open up your heart. Say, God, do that in me. I, I want what, what pastor's talking about is happening. Other people. Start doing that in me, God. And if you've missed any of these, and especially if you missed the very first one, you need to catch, definitely catch the very, if you missed the Life App Sermon on Faith, you need to go back and catch that one on the podcast. Because it, I started with faith, even though it's not the first one listed, I started with faith because it, it, just, it just has to work in conjunction with all the other gifts. You just got to have that one. It's very important. So back up and catch that one if you haven't. And start believing God to do awesome, great things in your life. Now, this week, I, I want to tell you about an app, and it's the Mobile Me app. And you, some of you may use Mobile Me in, on your computer, or maybe you've got the app and, and it's an it's an amazing app. I mean it's one of those kind of do anything everything. And, and I was thinking about, you know, if you were trying to explain to explain it to somebody that had never used a computer whatsoever in their whole life, you know, you tell all the things that mobile me does. I mean you can you can type out a message, you know, with your phone. I still didn't grab my phone. I, I, I normally have my prop up here, these life apps. But, you, you know, you can type out a message to, to pretty much anybody in the world, and they can be reading it in just an instant. That's pretty cool that you can do that. And, and you can keep up with all of your family and your friends, their names, addresses, phone numbers, birth dates, every little quirk and every little idea and thing that you know about them and make little notes. I mean, more information than you can 
can get in a big yellow pages phone book. You can keep in this thing about everybody in your life and all that you need to know about. You can, you can snap a picture and, and put it in there. You can keep all your pictures in there. You don't even have to, have to print them out, but you can snap a picture and put it in there. And everybody in the world that you give access to, to your account here, they can see all these pictures. Uh, you know, so you grandparents, you know, that you'd like to dote on your grandkids and, you know, you think they're prettier than any other grandkids. You can snap all those pictures and you can show them to people on the other, other side of the earth. You know, they can see them. And every single document that you own, every important paper that you've ever had, your will, or, you know, and those kinds of things, you can scan those in and you can actually save them here. So, you know, if you ever get somewhere and you, and you need a copy of something, you don't have to run back home or like this week, I'm going to be in, you know, I'm going to be in South Dakota for a few days. I, 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 I don't have access to my file cabinet at home, but if I've got those things there, if I've got my cell phone and internet access, I'm have, I've, got, I've got access to it right then. I can print it out anywhere that I'm at in the world that has internet access. That's a pretty amazing app, isn't it? And I, bear with me here just a little bit. Some of you may think I'm old when I say this, but it reminds me all the I see these kinds of things happening, and it reminds me of, of a of a cartoon I used to watch, a comic book that I used to read about Dick Tracy. Y'all ever heard of Dick Tracy? You know who who that was? Dick Tracy. Oh my goodness! There's several people raising their hand in the early service. Y'all know who Dick Tracy was? Well, do we have? There he is. Okay, you got a picture of him. There, and one of the coolest gadgets he had was he had this watch that he could talk talk to. Now, I don't know. I think, I think he goes all the way back to the 50s, or I don't know, maybe even before that as, as well is how long, it, how old he is. But he had this watch. I mean, this was ahead of its time. Now, that was science fiction. That was, that was even more than science fiction, because that was something I thought would never, ever happen. You know, that's the kind of thing, you know, when you're a kid. I mean, back 20, 30, 40 years ago, 60 years ago, maybe, if it, maybe even in the 50s when, when that was happening, people would look at that and say, that'll never happen, but it's happening. I mean, all the stuff, the, the Mobile Me app, it's happening right now. And, and if you don't believe it, go talk to Mike after service and, and let him show you the watch that he's wearing today that his son gave to him. You, you need to see that. That's a, that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool thing, and it's, and it's right there. And, and you see, we couldn't see it back in those days. But now we can see it. So, you know, it, it's kind of like natural to us, especially to kids, 14, 15, 16-year-old kids, walking around with, a, with a, a smartphone, an iPhone. I mean, all these things are second nature to them. They expect that. It's no big deal to them. It's not a, it's not a great miracle. But to, but to people who, you know, if somebody had been asleep for the past 20 years and woke up today and saw this, it would be a huge miracle to them. And, you know, that's the way miracles really are, talking about real miracles, okay? And that's the life app for today, talking about miracles. The way you and I, we're like, you know, we're like back in the 50s trying to read, and I'm not quite that old, but, you know, back in the 50s trying to read uh, a comic book, you know, and say, wow, this would really be cool if it could ever happen one day. That's the way we are about miracles, and we're not realizing that God is, is he's in a totally different time. He's in a, in a totally different arena. He's in a totally different mindset, and he has a totally different set of skills than you and I have and abilities than you and I have. And so the things that we're saying, oh, this could never happen. It would be cool if it did. And God's looking at it and says, no, I can make that happen. He can make all those things happen. And so the things that you need in your life that you're saying, you know, I really would like to see this happen, but that'll never happen. It's like, it's like those kinds of things that we can't see, but they come to pass. For instance, how many of you have ever seen a virus? Anybody ever seen a virus? How about a bacterium? You ever seen a bacterium? Or, or you ever seen bacteria? You ever seen those things? But how many of you have ever experienced one? 
Anybody ever experienced one? This past week, several of you have experienced some uh, virus and bacteria activity, bacteria activity in, in your body. And you know, even though you can't see it, you know they're really, okay, except maybe some of you, you think you only get a cold because you washed your hair and go out in the snow and play. And that's, how, that's not really how you get a cold, okay? Because the cold is actually a virus. But you can't see that virus, uh, you know, unless you've got a big mic, microscope or something. You can't really see that virus. You can't see that bacteria, but you know it's there. I mean, when it gets in your gut, you know it's there. Somebody asked Joey. He can say a big amen about that. Okay, he just got, he just got, he just, he just, I think he just swore off Mexico. Uh, it's two, twice he's been in Mexico. He came back with, with, with some kind of virus. He got E. coli one time, one time that he was there. And so he can tell you, you know, you might not be able to see it, but just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. And see, that's the way we are. Is these things that we can't see. If we're not careful, we'll say, well, it can never happen. But the things that we can't see or that we can't even imagine, that we can say, oh, that's a pipe dream or, oh, that, that's science fiction. Those are the things that God deals in every single day. The things that he, he can do every single day. And think, I want you to think about this. And I need to get to prayer because i, I got to get this message preached. So I went a lot longer than I meant to in the early service. Don't mean to scare anybody about this service. going to try to do better. But... You know, here's what I want you to understand. Is the miracle that you need in your life today, God's probably already done that in somebody else's life. Over the centuries, ever since Christ lived almost 2,000 years ago, think about all the people that have had needs that God has answered their need. He's answered their prayer. The thing that you need from God, God's probably already done that. And so where you and I were looking at this saying, oh, this could never happen. I need this, but it'll never happen. God said, oh, I've already done that. Why don't you just believe me to do it again in your life today? Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for what you are doing, how you're stirring, how you're moving, God, and how you're beginning to operate, Lord, in, in just such a deeper way in so many of our, our people's lives, God. And I pray, Lord, that this service, this moment, God, these words begin to be just another step in, in that direction of getting deeper in you and, Lord, doing it, seeing greater things happen in, in their lives through you. And I just pray, God, that you stir within us and, God, help us, Lord, get to that place. God, get to that place, Lord, that you can begin bringing great miracles into our lives. Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, help me out right here. Everybody said, amen. Okay, so look, let's look at miracles. Okay, now here's a definition. We kind of know what a miracle is. It's kind of anything that you can't explain, right? Well, really, it's anything supernatural, an event, an act, something that happens that is supernatural or more than natural. Anything that hap can happen in the natural, that's not a miracle, okay? Uh, you know, uh, if I need $50, you know, to pay an, a, another bill this week, and I ask the boss, and he lets me work overtime, and I make that's not a miracle. Now, if your boss has made a rule that nobody gets to work overtime, and then you pray about it, and you go ask him, and he says, okay, that might be a miracle, okay? But just working, you say, just working the overtime is not a miracle, because that's a natural thing. But a miracle is something that happens in the supernatural. It's when God suspends natural law so that he can do something amazing in your life. Now, realize this. God is not hindered. He is not bound by natural laws. So he doesn't have to suspend them in his realm. He's already outside of that. I mean, God's not bound by gravity. That's a, a, a natural law. He is not bound by, by the natural laws of physics. He is not bound even by math. How many of you in your life, two plus two equal four? Is that the way it is? In my life, 2 plus 2 equals 4. Every calculator I've ever owned in my whole life, 2 plus 2 equals 4. I mean, even, you know, 
Anybody ever use a slide rule? You know what those are? You know, NASA engineers used to use them all the time. If you'd see any of those uh, movies about like, like Apollo 13, you see them sitting there with those slide rules. Cool things. I don't know how in the world they work. That's a, to, me, I, to me, that's another miracle. But you know what? Even, even on the slide rule, you know, uh, you know, two plus two equals four. But not in God's realm. Sometimes he adds two plus two and he gets 500. Sometimes he adds two plus two and he, he might get a million. He might get some weird number that has no explanation of why it got there because God is not even bound by mathematics. So while you're trying to add all the stuff up and figuring out how in the, in the natural realm this can work, understand God's not bound by that. And sometimes he wants to come into your life and suspend the natural rules and give you the miracle that you need. But you got to believe that. And so, so here I want to take, you know, I kind of want to break this down a little bit. If you, if you go online and you Google search, you know, for types of miracles, you'll, you'll find somebody that says uh, there are two types of miracles. And, you know, they'll give you a couple of, or there are three types. I found there are four types. Well, I actually want to give you five categories of miracles today. Not because, and listen, these people that wrote this, you know, these things, these articles, they're not saying there are, that God says there are five, you know, here, listen, God's not doing this like when you ask him to do something for you. And he's saying, okay, wait a minute now, is that? Uh, this kind of miracle, God, that's not what we're saying here. I'm breaking it down so we've got, so we got a way to talk about it, wrap our minds around it and understand. So I'm going to break it down into five things so you'll understand a little bit more. So we, uh, kind of an outline here for you, five things. And I normally do three points, right? So five things, I've really, got to really hurry on it. That's, 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 that's the, the crux of the problem right there. So the, the first one that I want to start with is nature. Uh, miracles of nature. And the reason I want to start with this one is because this is the very first one that we're confronted with when we open the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, what do we find? God takes nothing and makes everything. That's a miracle. I mean, you know, he didn't take clay and form it into man until he had already taken nothing and made clay. Understand? So everything that he has created came out of nothing. So the very first miracle that we're confronted with in the Bible is a miracle of nature. And if I can believe, and listen, if you don't believe Genesis chapter 1, I don't know how you don't believe, how you believe the rest of the Bible. Or how you don't believe the rest of the Bible. But if you believe Genesis 1, that God took nothing and made everything, if you can believe that, see to me then, it's not a big leap of faith to step over here. I mean, it's not a big, it's just a little slide over here to the place to believe that if God created everything, then God can fix everything that he created, right? I, I mean, you know, some of you guys, you fabricate stuff. I heard really cool. I was over at Wayne's house yesterday. We're the way, and, and man, it's cool. The little stuff he's fabricated. He was showing me several things. I was, I was blown away by some of that. Guess what? If it breaks down, he doesn't have to call anybody else. He's the creator. He knows how to fix it because he's created it in the first place. In the same way, if it breaks in this nature, you know what I need to do is I need to talk to God about it. Now, let me take you to scripture and just point this out point blank to you. And this is in the life of Christ. It says, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was filling up with water. But Jesus was in the stern of the boat, asleep on a pillow. And the disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then Jesus, he rose, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And I like, I, I like the, 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 the magnitude, uh, uh, the level that this goes to, because it doesn't just say that he stopped it, and the, and the water didn't fill the boat anymore. It doesn't say that he just stopped. It said he stopped the wind, and if you look at the, the text here, and you look at the context of it, you look at the, the, uh, the, the phrases here, and if you go to the other Gospels that talk about this story, what he does is he stops 
stops the wind and he stops the waves immediately. There was a great calm. But you know what? If he had just stopped the waves the, or the wind, the waves were still blowing and they would have continued to roll for a while. The waves were just, but he stopped the whole. I like, I like that. I like hearing that, that this is what God can do in our lives. I mean, we create lots of problems in our lives and God cannot just only stop the problems. He can. God can also stop all of the recurring stuff that come as a result of our problems. He doesn't always do that. Sometimes we need to learn lessons, but a lesson, but he can stop even those recurring problems. However, I want you to understand this about this verse of scripture, these two verses in this story. This is not just an allegory. This is not just a story to, to help us understand how God can do these things in our spirit. This is not just a, a story or a parable that is told. This is an actual true historical story. Now, if you believe the Bible, this is a true historical story. It actually happened like this. Jesus stepped up on the bow of the boat and he said, peace be still. And the wind and the wind stopped and the waves immediately set down and, and the sea was calm. This is not, some, that's not how it's, it's not told like this is a way for you to understand what God can do in your life. He actually has control over the wind and the waves. And you see, I don't have a problem believing that. Some people say, do you really believe God? Listen, if I believe God looked out into a huge vacuum of what was here before everything was created, and he created a sun, and he created stars, and he created the moon, and he created this earth, and he created animals, and he created land, and he, cre- and he pulled all this stuff out, if I can believe that, again, it's not a big leap of faith for me to also believe that if he created wind, he can say, wind, stop right there where you are. That if he created water, it's not a leap of faith for me to believe that he can make the water stop. And you know what? I've never been in a situation where I've seen a tornado come in at me and I had to say, God, stop that tornado, protect me, like some people have had to do in the past couple of months here in our state. I've never had that situation happen in my life. But you know what? I have had some situations. I remember one time being on the interstate, headed from Louisiana to Arkansas, trying to get back home, and it was snowing. And I, you know, not just snowing like we have a lot of times here. I mean, it was really snowing. And I was praying, God, hold this off. I got an hour and a have to go. Lord, hold it off a little bit. I know it's coming, but hold it off. And I've had God actually do that. There have been times I've I've never really had like that tornado sitting on top of me that I've had to pray God's protection. But I've had to pray, God, give me a break in the weather. Lord, let the clouds break a little bit because we got to have this. Or God, I need just a little more time. God, give me some grace here. And God has suspended. I I believe because it it was at the time of my prayer, God suspended the laws of nature to give me what I needed. Now, that's just one part of, of how he works. He'll do that. But he also will work miracles of provision. Bring provision into your life. Now, here's a place that I could really spend. I mean, literally, I said, I said in the early service, I could spend all afternoon preaching about provision miracles in the Word of God. I mean, over and over and over. Uh, we talk about Abraham going up to the top of the mountain and uh, going to sacrifice. And he gets up there and you know, on his way up, Isaac says, where's the lamb? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide for himself a lamb. We could talk on and on and on about the times how God has provided. We could talk about Elisha and the woman who had, who had uh, uh, the, uh, the, the great need of, of the debt. And the debtors were coming to take her sons. And how Elisha told her, he said, go and shut up, uh, shut up in your house with all the jars that you have uh, borrowed from your neighbors. And how God provided. 
I could tell you some stories like that. And let me just tell you, those few little thoughts for maybe to whet your appetite, make you look, look them up a little later this afternoon. I could tell you those stories. Uh, I, I mentioned, I go ahead and mention that. I was going to mention just different ones in both services, but I mentioned another one this morning about the time that Simon Peter went fishing and God let him find his tax money, you know, while he was fishing. And that made several of our fishermen that come in early service, they smiled real big about that. They thought that was really cool, you know. It would be cool, wouldn't it? I mean, you need tax money, what do you do? Let's go fishing. Maybe God, you know, uh, uh, listen, let me say this right here. God's not into money trees, okay? He's not into money trees, but he is a God that wants to meet our needs. And here's, here's the reason why God's not, you know, because a lot, I think a lot of people are like this. If God would just, I'm sorry, my wife's not here, so I'll go ahead and say it. This is one of hers. If God would just let me win the sweepstakes, you have not ever said that, have you? If God would just let me win the sweepstakes, let me tell you something. If God lets my wife win the sweepstakes, she won't have it in two or three months because she's, got, she's already made this list. You know, she sends in those uh, uh, publishers clearinghouse things, you know. She, every time she gets one, she said, you know, if we win the sweepstakes, and she's got, I don't think she's made a list on paper, but she has made a list verbally that's got to be, I would spend every dime that they would send her. I mean, we wouldn't have the money in two or three months. If God, well, listen, here's the reason when you get saved, God doesn't let a money tree grow in your backyard the next morning morning. Because if so, you'd never need him again. You wouldn't pray. You wouldn't seek him. You wouldn't need God anymore. All of, you'd, you'd have all of your financial needs met, and you'd go try to buy everything else that you needed, and you would not need God anymore. That's why God's not into money trees. He wants you to trust in him. And so I want you to have the ability, the faith, the confidence that you can trust in him. So let me take you to Malachi chapter 3, and let me show you a little bit of what God's provision miracle working power is like. Malachi chapter 3 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, says in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, four things right there, as quickly as I can tell them to you. I don't have time to preach these to you, but there are four great, deep teaching points right here about the provision, miracle, working power of God. It's first of all, spiritual. Before we get to anything else, spiritual. I mean, it's, you know, most of you, even if you've got a financial need in your family, you've also got a spiritual need in your family. Most of us don't just have a financial need or a, or a healing need or whatever. We've got, we've got spiritual needs in our home, in our life, in our marriages, in relationships with our kids, with our parents. We've got some kind of spiritual need that is there. And he wants to bring spiritual. And here's the first promise that he made was when we bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse, he says that provides food, that provides spiritual nourishment, the bread for God's house so that you can be fed, so that you can be strong spiritually. So the first part of his provision, miracle working power, is for you to be strong spiritually. And, and if you're having a hard time believing that God can do the things that he, that he can do for you, well, one of the things you need to do is you need to go hear that sermon on faith, that very first one of the Life App series. But the other thing you need is you need, you need first before you try to believe him for these, you need him to provide spiritual nourishment to get strong and say, I believe no matter what else is going on in my life, I believe that. Okay, but then there is the abundant blessings that he says. He says, I will pour out for you a blessing that you cannot contain. Again, he's not into money trees, but he is a God of abundance. Tell me, look at it, see it. Everywhere in the scripture, everything I see, he's, a God. he's not going around doling out his blessings with an eyedropper saying, well, that's enough for you today, Gary. That's all you need. You know, that's enough for you today, Lane. That's all you need. That's enough for you today, Christy. That's all you need. Hey, Christy's going to Venezuela. She needs more than an eyedropper. She needs God's 
protection and blessings and power and anointing upon her this week. I mean, we need more. But that's who, that's who this God is that we serve. Look at the stories. I mean, over and over and over, David says, uh, my cup runneth over. I, I mean, you know, even the very first miracle that Jesus Christ performed, remember, he turned the water into wine, but he didn't just barely do it. Because you know what they said about it? They said, this wine is better than the other wine. I mean, everything he does, God does in a spirit of excellence, in abundance. I mean, he, that's the way he wants to bless and pour out into your life. And then he says he will rebuke the devourer. You see, he doesn't just bring all the stuff in. You know, like I said, if we win the sweepstakes or my wife, she, she keeps reminding me. I won't send those things in. I'll just hand it to her and let her do it. She keeps reminding me that if she wins, she wins. Not I win, you know. So I guess if she wins the sweepstakes, how I said that, you know, it'll be gone in two or three months because she's got all these places to give and spend and help, you know, and do all these things. You know, that's the way some of you, if I would write, if I were to write a $10,000 check to you today, first of all, it would bounce. You know, but if you could somehow get it clear... Most of you, it wouldn't help you a lot anyway. You would still be below zero. I mean, it wouldn't get you up to zero. A lot of us, you know, I, I mean, we might make a big payment, you know, toward our mortgage, or we might make a big payment toward some credit card debt that we've built over, but it really wouldn't get us up to zero yet. And, and maybe we wouldn't even get to spend that 10000 even on debt because we got so many other holes and places things are going because little things are robbing us of our finances. And see, this is what God says. I, I won't just bless you and keep pouring in. I'll sew up some of those holes in the bags that you've been putting your money, the, the devourer that's been taking your money, the, the, you know, the, the worms that have been eating the, the things that, that I'm giving you and as it's growing on the vine and the worms. God says, I won't just give you more. I will rebuke the devourer so the devourer will quit eating you know so the tires won't wear out so fast on the car you know so that so that the food goes farther so everything works longer that's what god says i will rebuke the devourer you see his miracle working power in this provision area i mean it goes to the nth degree of taking care of every single thing that you can even think of that you possibly should need I got to hurry, but the, the, the last thing he says here is he says, it's going to be obvious. I mean, people around you will know. And when, when, when I begin blessing you in this way, his provision, his provision miracles are so obvious. People know that. And, and some of you today, that's where you're at. You need an obvious miracle. You need a notable miracle. You don't need just a little bit of feel better, just a little bit of uh, help me feel better today, pastor. Preach me happy, and I can make it through the way. Some of you, you really need God to bring to you an obvious, notable miracle miracle and that's how God works in his provision that's how he works so believe for the big don't don't just believe for a little okay third one is events and, and where I'd really like to take it I mean if I were just to preach on events today if that's all I was going to spend you know 30 minutes on I would take you to the book of Esther and man I would preach to you about Esther let me just say just a little bit about Esther try not to say as much as I said in the first service just a little bit about Esther but she prayed she prayed because she was told by her uncle who knows, for such a time as this. It was events. It was just the way events started happening. It was the king asked for something he shouldn't ask for. Uh, and the queen, you know, she offended the king. He basically divorced her. Some things began happening. Esther is in the right place at the right time. They pray, they fast. And she says, I've got to have favor. And God gives her favor. 
It's amazing. You need, if you've never read that story, you need to read that story, the story of Esther and about how God worked through events. I, I, I'd also like to take you to Nehemiah and in Nehemiah chapter 1 where Nehemiah hears that, hears that Jerusalem is still laid waste, that the temple is still flattened, it's not there, and he says, i got to do something about it. And you know what he did first? He prayed and he talked to God and he said, God, if I'm going to do something about this, first of all, I've got to have the favor of the king. And God gave it to him. It's amazing. You, you know, if you've got... Let me, let me take you to Ezra, though, and share this. Ezra was a contemporary of Nehemiah. So at the same time that Nehemiah was hearing these stories, Ezra was also. Israelites went back and started rebuilding Jerusalem. They started to try and rebuild the temple. But some of their enemies, they came and taunted them. And then they sent letters to the king, Cyrus, who was the king of Persia, who was basically, really ruled the whole world at that time. He had a world empire. Uh, so they sent letters to him, and they, they lied about the, the Jews. And they told him, told it made him worry that they wouldn't be loyal. And so Cyrus, he got scared. And so he made them stop building Jerusalem back and rebuilding the temple that had been destroyed. Then when Cyrus dies, the Jews begin rebuilding. Their enemies come back over and start asking them questions. They send a letter to the new king, Darius or Darius, however you want to pronounce it. They send a letter to the new king, and they tell, they, they tell him, and here's what he does. And, and the Jews, you know, they're asking God for favor. They're praying, God, you've got to give us favor with the king. I want you, I want you to hear. Here's what the words, here's what, here's what uh, Darius sends back to the enemies of the Israelites. He says, now therefore, Tatanai, governor of the region beyond the river, and Shethar Bosnai, and your compa- companions, the Persians who are beyond the river, keep yourselves far from there. So the first thing he tells them in the letters, he said, stay away from the Jews. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God on its site. Moreover, he goes on behind that. He said, don't just leave him alone. He says, basically, he doesn't say leave him alone. He says, just don't be involved in, in hindering. He says, moreover, I issue a decree as to what you shall do for the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God. Let the cost be paid at my expense from taxes that you guys are paying from beyond the river. This is to be given immediately to these men so that they are not hindered. And whatever they need, young bulls, rams, lambs for the burnt offerings for the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, oil, according to the request of the priests who are in Jerusalem, let it be given them day by day without fail. Let it be given them day by day without fail, no matter what they need, so that they may offer sacrifices of sweet aroma to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and of his sons. That was a king that wrote that. That wasn't a priest. That wasn't a prophet. He wasn't even a Jew. He had never worshipped this God he was talking about, but he wrote this and defended the work of building the house of God. You know why? Because God gave them favor with the king. Let me tell you, how does this play out in my life? Some of you have job interviews this week. You got a job interview this week? Man, you need to be praying. God, give me favor with that man or woman that I'm with. You don't even know what that, you don't even probably even know who it is that's going to interview you this week. You're going to be sitting across the desk from God, give me favor with that person. You need to be praying that kind of, you, you need a raise? God, give me favor. Give me a favor with, uh, with my boss to get a raise. You need to change your hours? God, give me favor with that. We're praying, uh, man, we've been praying for that for, uh, for Britain now for a while. God, give him some favor there to get him on a schedule where, you know, he can be at church like he wants to be. And some of you are in that place. And maybe it's something else that needs to happen in your life. And you need to pray, God, give me favor. Work through these other means, however you need to do it. Uh, 
I, I got to take you to the scripture. I got to share this story with you. My time's almost away from it, but I got to share this. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Let this verse set this up right here. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that, the, be, believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Here's the story. A sweet little lady had the story told to me probably 20, 20 years ago. A sweet little lady, supposed to have been back basically during World War II, those, those, those times. And, and, and one of our territories in the South Pacific, she lived on, on the islands, one of our territories in the South Pacific. Her son served in the U.S. Navy, and, and he was coming home for a visit. She hadn't seen him in months. And, and she, was, she was thinking about him coming home. She was getting excited about it. And there was a hill between her house and the harbor. And she, she just began thinking, you know, if that hill wasn't there, I could even see my son's ship coming into the harbor. And she remembered the scripture right here that says, if you believe, if you pray and you believe that this mountain will be removed, it'll be cast into the sea. And so she began praying and she began asking God. She began believing on this. And some of you think, well, that's crazy. Well, yeah, but sometimes it takes a little bit of crazy belief and faith in God to get anything to happen. And she prayed and believed. And guess what happened? Did God pick up that? See, here's the thing is we make it so, we make it so weird and strange sometimes that we tie God's hands. You know, we're expecting God to do something weird and strange. You know what happened? Guess what happened? The U.S. military decided that they needed another landing strip on that, on that island. And so they sent, they sent their uh, equipment in and they leveled that mountain and literally pushed it into the ocean. They just started pushing dirt and pushing dirt and just shoving it into the ocean. And that miracle took place that that little lady asked for. And you say, well, I don't know. Do you, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know that lady's name. I can't prove Somebody probably say, that's probably just an urban legend. You know what? Maybe it is an urban legend. Maybe I don't know when I get to heaven. I'll try to find that lady and I believe Jesus will help me find her if she's there if this did happen but here's the thing I want to tell you that's exactly how God works I don't know if that's exactly how it happened in that, but that's exactly how God works when you pray and ask God give me favor with that you see because here's the thing is I don't care I don't care there's a healing need that needs to happen in my extended family I don't care if God does it out of heaven or if there's a new medicine that is developed or if the doctor figures out a way I don't care how it happens I just need a healing to happen in my extended family. Can somebody say amen? And you know, the, the favor that I, I don't care if the mayor does it, the governor does it, city council, or if my next door neighbor with a backhoe is able to do it. God, somehow move in my situation and give me a miracle. And I don't care how it happens. I believe God can work miracles through all of those people. Somebody say amen there. I believe that. And so I don't have time to tell you about these last two, but I got to tell you real quickly about about pre, uh, uh, I'm sorry about the life app of healing. It's actually a separate one in the list, but it's a miracle. And so I want to share it with you right here. I, I, I'm not even going to read the scripture. I don't have time to read the scripture, but there, show me that first scripture, Mike. This scripture right here tells us, and it's just one of many about how Jesus healed. And it said there were times that as they brought people to him, he healed every single one. And then there's the scripture of when he sent out the twelve disciples. You know Matthew, Mark, Luke. Uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, John, Peter, Thomas, Philip, uh, uh, those guys, how he sent them out and he gave them authority and they were healing people. And then he had the 70, these other, they weren't his close disciples, but they were another group of 70 that he was training as, as evangelists. He sent them out also with the same power. And then you get to Mark. At the end of Mark, when Jesus is about to leave this earth, he starts talking about the believers. And he says, these are the signs that will follow the believers. And he lists several things that, that are going to happen through the believers. And one of those listed there is that they will lay hands on on the sick, and the sick will recover. 
Okay? So we see it in the life of Jesus. We see it in the life of the 12 disciples. We see it in the life of the 70 that he has trained. And he said, it's also going to happen in the church. And so in the book of Acts, I asked Mike just throw all these up here because I, didn't, I don't have time to read all these either. I knew I wouldn't have time to read these. But this, this is just a sampling of all the times. Look, healing, healing, healing. All of these healings that took place. And if I believe that God created this body again, can I go back to it? It's not a big leap of faith. For me to believe that God can fix this body. Somebody say amen. Okay, the last one. The, the, the last thing is about spiritual. The spiritual provision or, or the spiritual uh, miracles that God can bring into your life. Spirit. It would be easy for me to, you know, this is the first one I thought of. There's a story about a man who had a, a son who was demon possessed. And, and it said that, uh, that it would make him convulse. And it actually, the, the demon would actually make him jump in the fire to try and burn him up or jump in the water to try and, uh, and drown him. And the father said, this has happened many times. And he said, I, want him, I wanted to, you to deliver him. I asked the disciples, they couldn't do it. I don't know if you remember that story or not. I, I thought about that, but I thought, you know, most of us aren't dealing with something like that. So I thought if I brought that one to you, even though that is kind of like to the very edge of the nth degree of all this demon oppression is all the way to possession. And you aren't dealing with that. I was afraid some of you mentally might check out on me while I was telling you that story. So I wanted to bring you one I, th- I-, I hope will illustrate to you really what needs to happen in our life. And it's in the book of Acts. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. That is unusual, isn't it? That's what Scripture said, unusual miracles. Then some of the itinerant Jew, Jewish exorcists, this is like, like traveling evangelists, okay? That's basically what these guys were. They took it among themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over, whom, over those who had evil spirits, saying, we're gonna, we exercise you or we command you to leave these bodies, Jesus whom Paul preaches. There were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. They were some of these traveling evangelists, kind of like. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them. He beat, this one man beat seven up because of the strength and, and the evilness that was inside of him. Beat them up, stripped them of the clothes, and they all ran out of the house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews. Okay, now I know you're not dealing with that at home. You don't have that going on in your house. I mean, you don't have demon possession. You don't have people beating each other up with demons inside of them. But I want you to see, that, that, that's not where I'm trying to, I want you to see what happens when God begins operating in miracles. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Oh, now Something, something else is happening. And many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. All these people weren't demon-possessed. But get your mind off the demon possession for a moment and just, just see... Just see the works of the enemy, the powers of darkness that had come into all of these lives in all of the city of Ephesus. And here's what began happening. When, when, when God began moving, it was like dominoes began falling in that city. And this person said, oh my goodness, look at what God is doing. And, and, and because of the faith, they began to bring these, these, these things, these books or these other things that they had in their life that were 
that were demonic forces or, or things that were in their life that shouldn't be in their life, sins or, or temptations or things they were involved in that they shouldn't, they started bringing them. And, and it was like throughout the whole city, dominoes began falling. And, and come on, think about this. Relate it to your own household. You don't have probably somebody, you know, foaming at the mouth with a demon, you know, in them like you see in the movies, you know, The Exorcist or some of those old movies. But you don't have some of that happen, maybe necessarily. But you've got things going on in your family, in your life, in your house that shouldn't be there. And, you're, you know, this is going to be a moment. Here's what, I mean, I, I, Let me tell you this. I'm not sure who this is resonating with in this service, but I know it's going to resonate with somebody because this week as I was praying, and yesterday specifically in this sanctuary as I was praying over this service, I got to this scripture and God spoke that to me about dominoes falling and that there are going to be people in this sanctuary, in this service that need the dominoes. To, they don't just need a healing or they don't just need a little financial blessing this week to pay a bill, but they've got this need and this need and this need. They've got things, there's so much stuff. Some of you got so much stuff, you don't even know how to pray because you've got so many things going on in your life. You don't even know how to pray anymore. And God, God spoke to me and said, there are people in this building that the dominoes are going to start falling for them this week. Somebody needs to write it down. You're about to pray that prayer. You're about to ask God, Lord, let the dominoes start falling. Just all of this stuff began happening because of one thing. You ever seen dominoes fall? It took one act to start it, but everything started falling down. And things, you, some of you need that and you need to start praying. And you, some of you need to take your Bible out right now, right down on the margin, this date, and say, this is the day I started praying for God to let the dominoes fall because it's going to begin happening in some of your lives. Focus with me right here, right now. Stay right here with me right now. Very seriously, I got one last thing to share with you. Some of you need the dominoes to start falling. You got way too much going on in your life. I can't fix it. Your friend can't fix it. Five hours of overtime won't fix it. You need some dominoes to really start falling in your life. Focus with me here, right, for just a moment. I've got one thing to share with you, one thing left. I want you to stay focused, but I want you to stand and come to the front with me and let me share this last thing with you and let us pray and believe that God is going to start knocking down some dominoes in your life. smart man might have made this two sermons. But then a smart man wouldn't give you all the whole thing in both, both, both services. I wanted you to get it all. And I know it was a lot. But I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to have faith. I want your faith to grow. And listen, if you, I've already said this twice in this message. If you did not hear the first Life App sermon on faith, Go listen to it on the podcast. And if you, if you don't have iTunes, we got an RSS feed. Anybody can listen to them, okay? Go listen to it. You need to hear that sermon. Because here's the key right here. You need some dominoes to fall. Some of you need some dominoes to fall. You need some real things to happen. This man heard Paul. This is Acts 14, verse 9. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. A miracle happened. I know that was a healing miracle, but this is about everything. How did the miracle happen? It's in the verse before it, verse 9. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. He had faith to receive his miracle. Paul observing him intently saw that he had faith to receive his miracle. 
if God is intently scanning this altar area right now and looking for faith to receive a miracle, is he going to see it in you? That's, that's the question. The question isn't how good or how short or how long this message was. The question isn't what's the last song Jamie's going to sing. The question is, is the faith in you? Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes with me. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying right now. I want you to pray.